0: Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bwery, and as always, I'm with the scientist who the LA Times refers to as Seismo Mom, Dr. Lucy Jones. When the ground shakes, thousands of people like you turn to Dr. Jones for an explanation and a sense of calm. Since retiring from federal service in 2016, she has continued to be that voice in the aftermath of disaster through her nonprofit, the Dr. Lucy Jones Center. Would you consider sponsoring this work, including this podcast, for as little as $5 a month? Because with your support, she can continue to provide this service and support for you. It's simple. Just go to patreon.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. That's P A T R E O N.com. And now let's get to it. Today, we're going beyond science to talk about the role you play, Lucy, in providing calm to the public and how being a parent plays into that. Lucy, did you ever imagine you'd be the person turned to for this information and support? Were you consciously planning for it once you realized it was needed?
1: Well, you know, seismologists get told as we go through graduate school that this is part of what you're going to do. An earthquake happens in your region. People come and ask you about it. but least the first decade that I was here, I was sure that this was about the science. You know, scientists get really excited when we create new knowledge. The earthquake happens, we're really excited because we're gonna be learning something new. And that's what I thought the reporters were coming to me for. You know, they asked what we'd learned, we, we took them literally. We thought that's really what they wanted.
0: So describe that pivotal moment then that really changed the course of the way you dealt with the public response to earthquakes. Why you started to be more explicit about how and what you explained.
1: Uh, It's April 22nd, 1992.
0: Very specific.
1: Uh, Well, it's one very specific earthquake. That was the day of a magnitude 6.1 that occurred near the San Andreas Fault. Now, my husband is also a seismologist. He had recently moved to Caltech and we both had to respond to the earthquake at 10 o'clock at night. We didn't have babysitters on call at 10 o'clock at night. So we had a one year old and a five year old that came with us. My husband had to go deal with a computer crisis. He literally handed me the baby in the middle of an interview. And I just kept on talking because that's what you've got to do. And the, the baby, one year old, would scream if we put him down, stayed quiet when I held him. So we went and did our job. And it was the response to doing that that helped me start to see that this was something more than about science. The media coverage was very positive mostly and it was focused on the idea that I was comforting the city while I was comforting a child and how much more comforting it was seeing me there in that mothering role. If this had been about learning the science, being a mother wouldn't have made a difference.
0: (laughs) That's also the point where you were held up as the ideal working mom. I have read articles about it from the day because I was not around at the time. And I wonder, how did it make you feel as a scientist that you were getting attention for both your work, but also the fact that you were a parent?
1: It didn't bother me that it was about both things because both of them were important parts of my life. What bothered me was the idea that this was easy? See, you can have it all. Look at being a mother and working, and I want to scream with them. This is not easy. Uh, you know, raising children is a full time job. And there were two of us, my husband and I, tackling three jobs two seismology, one as a parent. And we were overwhelmed. The reality was really, really hard. And it wasn't that I knew how to do this better than other people. I was being held up because I didn't have a babysitter on call. That was the reason the whole thing happened.
0: It's interesting, this past year has really put a microscope on that idea of parenting and working at the same time. You did it because you had to 30 years ago, right? If you put the baby down, he would cry. And this year, everyone did it because they had to. And for me, I, you know, I have two small children. I know in the last 12 months, at least twice when you and I have both been presenting on the same panel or in, in a presentation, I've had my four-year-old interrupt us in a way that is not super helpful (laughs) in the moment.
1: Yeah, I have to admit watching this made me appreciate the fact that at least when I was doing that so long ago, my son (laughs) stayed quiet while I gave the interviews.
0: Yeah, uh, having a a four-year-old scream at you because they know they're going to get your attention while you're presenting to 200 people is always an interesting experience. I had heard you say for years before I had kids that being a parent and working full-time means you do less than the ideal for both that you can't really do either as well as maybe you want to. For all of us experiencing this for the first time in a very focused way, what advice can you give from someone who did it and made it through to the other side?
1: The reality was I did not give my kids all the time that they should, they could have used. And I didn't give my job all the time that I could have done to to be more successful. And there were two of us doing three jobs and we had to make compromises. When I look back on this, yes, we made it out the other side. My kids have turned out okay. But I can also see both how hard it was and really how privileged I was. I had the flexibility to go and say, I want to work part-time. And my supervisors agreed. And in our family, we needed that. There wasn't enough time in the day to do a a 40-hour-a-week job and the kids. I was also privileged, if you will, to have a husband who was a complete participant in this project. We really shared responsibility. And most importantly, we shared the emotional responsibility. If I had a job within the family that was my responsibility, he didn't have to think about it. He never asked what was going to be coming for dinner because I took on the cooking. He took on the cleaning and I just didn't have to think about it. And that made it possible to balance all of these different things.
0: So with all of that, Lucy, what advice do you have for someone? I mean, that's your experience, which is amazing to think of how you and your husband were able to share this and have that connection. What do you what advice do you give to folks?
1: Well, find the right husband. Uh, I think it's to say make sure that you you talk it through and you really understand what each of you is going through in that partnership. I would also say, don't think you have to be that full-time worker. There's a corporate expectation that if you just work 40 hours, are you slacking off? When I worked only six hours a day, I got more done in that six hours than I did when I was there full-time because I knew I had to. Most importantly, forgive yourself. Being able to let go of guilt when I didn't do it right was hard, but was essential to coming out the other side with my <laughs> with my sanity intact.
0: I think it's interesting, though. T- today, it's slightly different. 30 years ago, you were held up. You were articles written about you as a working mom because it wasn't as public. But there's no one that doesn't understand that everyone who has kids is dealing with raising their kids while trying to do work in the same household at the same time virtually.
1: Right. I was noticed because it's relatively rare to be on TV. And so it was a a unique experience. Seismologists know you have to get on TV, but there's only a handful of us that are are married to other seismologists. And, you know, if you can plan, you're not going to take the kid on TV with you. The pandemic shutdown has brought this reality to everyone. And I think there's some really important things to notice. We find people are not upset by our kids. Mostly when this has happened uh, on our various Zoom calls, people are not only sympathetic, they find it enjoyable. We can now say, oh, maybe we don't have to pretend our kids don't exist to be professional. I think there's the key issue. We've had this corporate expectation of what it means to be a professional. And that doesn't include having children. The pandemic has shown us over and over and over again that this is not true. And we can recognize just how many people share the same problem.
0: So, what happens next? Do you think this shift in understanding and recognition that parents as professionals and vice versa continues
1: and grows? I can hope so because, you know, for the last few decades, We have accepted women working without accepting the consequences of women working. And much of that consequence is falling on the children who are not getting enough time from their parents. That shouldn't depend just on nice supervisors. When our children suffer, all of society suffers. It's not good for any of this. So I'm hoping that the experience of the pandemic could lead to some really meaningful change and how we treat this issue of being a parent and working at the same time. You know, disasters disrupt society. And while mostly that's bad, it can be a good thing because it gives us the opportunity to change. I don't think we will go back to the old normal. And we need to grasp this opportunity to make the changes that we need to be good parents become permanent in our work culture.
0: Perhaps this is one of the silver linings of the pandemic era, a recognition that life in modern times for all people in our country is complicated and we can do something about it. We can prioritize family and reimagine our social model that there is someone at home caring for the family, which is rarely
1: the case. It requires enough corporations to see that this is not just a woman's problem, but as a parent's problem. You know, there's plenty of women that don't have kids and plenty of men with children who are facing the same challenges. You know, how about we add a social norm that parents of young children work two thirds time and that that is not a sign of slacking off.
0: We'll end on that note because I think that's something for all of us to consider how we reimagine our social circumstances so that working parents can spend more time with their children and it's not seen as a negative. So until next time, I'm John Bwery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you Getting Through It. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a sponsor at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones.